0: On this week's episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, we give our opinions on the pitcher power rankings posted by MLB.com, we discuss some of the big injuries that are rocking the first month of the MLB season, and we play a game of start, bench, or cut. Who would you take between Brandon Marsh, Jared Kelnick, and James Outman? Find out our picks coming up right now. Hello, listeners. My name is Alex Jonitz, and I am joined as always by my co host, Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd. He was a total stud on his D3 college team. This is the Two
1: Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 96. Alex and I are coming to you it is Monday April 24th Alex pretty jam-packed episode it's the last recording of the month of April we're gonna get all our big reviews in but first let's start off with some of the biggest news of the day Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets
0: pretty crazy even though we all knew it was gonna happen are for the like, Jets
1: are the Jets real right now
0: we, we knew this would happen like two months ago I don't know why it's a, a big deal but. Um, <laughs> I'm, they didn't have to give up that much for him, uh, which is good for the Jets, and I think they have a lot of young talent, so they definitely could be scary. But, Charles, I don't know if I'm not sold on Rodgers being like a top, top-tier guy anymore. Last year, he was kind of meh, you know? So
1: I know see. that backup's going to make his life hell. That's what he said. So, Bryce Maybe. Wilson, he's uh, he's lurking in, in Rodgers' shadow right now, ready to take over his spot if Rodgers Roger, just can't get the job done. But we want to start off with a little bit of football— Uh, draft week coming up this week, this Thursday, actually go chargers. We'll see what they can do, but, uh, we'll start off this episode. Baseball purposes. Of course, we'll start off this episode with the AL and NL players of the week. Alex, both guys playing in the West, both guys wearing blue uniforms. We'll start with the American league. Adoles Garcia of the Texas Rangers had himself a week um and he's actually having himself quite a month you know the, the numbers aren't eye popping but when you just look at consistency adalus it seems like he is uh he's going to give you valuable numbers every single season um uh, just looking at the numbers right now for the month 28 RBIs that's leading all of MLB 7 home runs it's a pretty nice number considering that we're not even done with april uh and then an 853 OPS a 136 OPS plus um, so far, what, how do you grade, what do you think of a Uh, what, what really comes to mind when, when people were talking about Adolis Garcia?
0: Yeah, for me, I see a player who is going to be lots of highs and lows, which that's something that makes for a guy who's going to go and win a player of the week like this. Um, his average and on base are pretty much, uh, in lockstep with, you know, who he's been for his career. Uh, and the only real surge has been with the power. He does make um he does swing a lot the walks are you know always going to be a lot less than the the strikeouts but if he is piecing up contact he's going to run into lots of power which is why he has actually i'm surprised seven home runs and three doubles that's like a kind of weird ratio huh? i know um but 28 rbis is, is pretty is pretty legit um in the middle of the order on a texas team that's really cooking right now 14 and 7 i believe their record is um, and so, yeah, I think that he has earned the honors, but um, he's not someone who I am particularly high on for the course of the season, if I'm being honest. Um, not stealing as many bags this year as maybe years past. Only one steal so far, um, and like I said, I really, I really do care about the walk to strikeout ratio, and um, that's definitely been one of his weak spots in his game but um he definitely is a fast guy. He has a good arm out there um in the outfield in right field and uh when he runs into the power um he can just go on a crazy tear, which is that's what this what he's doing right now.
1: Yep, yep. And uh transitioning over to the National League, Max Muncy had himself, you know, quite a week. He he went off a couple weeks back at San Francisco Alex. I think it was it was four home runs in three games. Um he tends to always put on a show playing at Oracle Park. We all remember back, and I think it was 2019 or so, uh, maybe even 2021. I'm trying to think when Mad Bum was a giant, but he took Mad Bum deep. Mad Bum, of course, was talking some smack before the at-bat, I think even before the game, uh, and that, of course, Muncie won that battle. But uh, a couple weeks back, four home runs in three games. This week, he played the New York Mets and the Chicago Cubs. He had a total of, let's see, It was five home runs this week. So again, uh, Max Muncy just kind of putting on a show so far in the month of April, already 11 home runs. I think he's on pace for it was something like 60 something home runs on the season. But uh, from what we saw last year to now what we're getting this year, it's nice for uh, I'm, I'm sure it's nice for Dodger fans to get this kind of production from a guy like Max Muncy, you know, known for this kind of power. 2021, he had 36 home runs. That was a career high uh and last year 20 uh in 2022 only 21 home runs uh he's already 10 away from that mark so it looks like he'll he'll definitely be passing his uh his home run totals from last year also his rbi totals from last year all the other numbers of course being way more productive than last year a 718 slugging percentage so far in the month of april what do you give to max muncie kind of that this resurgence are you surprised I'm not too surprised. I've
0: always been a big fan of the skills he brought to the table, the skills that he brought to the plate, really. um, has always been an incredibly disciplined hitter. If you ever look at any leaderboards for, like, guys that just don't swing at bad pitches, um, guys that uh, stay away from, you know, chasing, uh, you know, balls outside the zone, he's always been very elite at that. Um, It shows in his career. Um, on base numbers kind of year after year being really good obviously he's someone who's had some lows in 2020 and 2022 Um, his batting average was below 200 which is um, even though it's becoming more and more common for guys to actually be decently valuable um, despite being a really low batting average that's definitely probably a lot lower than than he would like um, but the, but the walk, the amount of walks he gets is always, uh, almost kind of making up for the bad batting average. But right now his batting average is above his career line. Um, and what really stands out is the on base being, you know, 150 points higher than the batting average. So he's walking a ton. And like you said, when you're walking a ton and also leading baseball in home runs, that just, that just makes for an amazing OPS and OPS plus and all that good stuff. So the other thing to me that, Travis, that stands out is that he's doing this while playing third base. He's only really played third base this season for the Dodgers. They've really penciled him into that spot. And even though he has that kind of uh, ability to probably play first, second, third, um, he's probably played I before. Yeah. Um, And just with that in mind, I, I think that him just being uh, penciled in as a third baseman, it will make some interesting uh, conversations because we just constantly talk about how The third base position in MLB in the last few years has just been the most stacked Mm -hmm. position in baseball. It's just so much fun debating, you know, who do I think is better, Devers or Austin Riley? Do I want Bregman or Arenado? Do I want Machado or J-Ram? Like there's so many um, just, I guess, good competitions at that position. Now you're throwing again a guy like Muncie into the mix. Um, as as well as other guys who are kind of um, becoming better and breaking out at the position, you know, I think it's going to make for a fun conversation if he can kind of return to M- MVP vote-getting form. I mean, because, Travis, 2018, 2019, and 2021, he was uh, 15th in MVP voting or higher. And then uh, yes. I think... I have no doubts he can return to that form, especially if he's playing a decent glove at third base. That's going to only help the war that much more. So I like Muncy as a player. I do think that he brings a ton to the Dodgers. Um, The power uh, and good discipline combo are going to be great. So if he keeps it up this year, stays healthy, um, you know, keeps things up, I think that he has a really, really high ceiling for what he can do this year.
1: It is interesting to look at the third base spot so far this season coming in, Alex, we had. Machado, Arenado, Devers, J. Ram, Austin Riley, uh Bregman. And then you got guys like Chapman and Muncie kind of on the outside mm-hmm. of that top six now from the start of the season, uh, to we are till to what we are to today. Uh those two guys are the best third basemans right now, it feels like in Major League Baseball. Um, with you know, the way that Arenado's been on a slow start, Machado's been on a slow start, Bregman's on a slow start. Uh J Ram, uh, you know, still being consistently good, but not as uh the hype isn't as real as we were getting from Chapman and Muncie. Uh it, it's it's fun to see these kind of guys, you know, put their name in the hat. Again, this third base position is just so uh it's just littered with talent. And uh, it, it's it's fun to see year in, year out, you know, who's gonna be the top third baseman in our opinions, who's gonna show, show it with the stat lines uh to be the best third baseman every single year. But that covers the players of the week, Alex. Um, I'll turn it over to you to uh, to move on to basically our next uh, next topic, what we're gonna be talking about.
0: Yeah, so what, what we'll go to next Travis we'll just hit some news points um, of the last week or so. Um, Hunter Green, uh, most baseball fans know him as the guy who throws over 100 miles an hour as a starting pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, Was he a rookie last year? He was. Okay. And and so he just uh, signed a new contract extension. Uh, It's a six-year, $53 million extension. Um, And so essentially um, it, it takes away the arbitration years and maybe I think one year beyond that. Uh, so it's just uh, a commitment between him and the team to kind of stick together for a while through the whole arbitration process. You don't have to go through all those negotiations. It's probably a good security blanket for the Reds in case he kind of becomes an ace that, you know, we we know he has that ceiling when you're throwing 100 miles an hour um, consistently. And it's probably a good security blanket for him because... Guys who throw that fast can run into injuries sometimes, so he's getting some security in that regard. So it feels like a win-win trade to me, Travis. Um, I do think that the Reds pitching staff has a pretty high ceiling, Um, not for this year necessarily, but I think in the coming years, him and Nick Lodolo can be a a very special one-two punch. In my opinion, they have other guys like I think Graham Ashcraft is like an underrated guy. But, But give me your thoughts on the Hunter Green contract. Do you like it? Are you high on him? And, and any other thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I am high on him. I I think I gave him five or ten bucks in this year's Cy Young, uh, in in you know, in betting in Vegas. I, I think that uh, I think it was I don't know coming at like plus six thousand for, for Hunter Green. I think uh, when you throw that hard, uh, you, you put yourself in a great spot to go out there and claim uh, a Cy Young award like that. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I think in this guy's career, it, it definitely will happen but I, I I like the strategy from the Reds I like that they're gonna go out there and basically you know give him good amount of money for what is it six years six years 53 mil I think was what I looked at for the uh for the contract that, on him that's right it is okay uh you, you see these teams starting to do that now I mean I, I always go back to the Braves they they like to lock up some of their players at a very young age they're giving Hunter Green just basically you know six years into 2028. Then possibly he could be a you know a stud. By then the Reds could be a very good team. Then possibly they could be using him to you know sign long term. I think it's also a good start to the relationship with the Reds and the Hunter Green uh, agents. That hey we're gonna give you good money right now. We really believe in you. Uh, we-, we want you to be the backbone of this franchise for the next decade or two decades. So let's give you the money right now then, of course, in 2028, we can revisit this and you know look for, towards a, a longer extension. So I think it's a good move for both parties.
0: Uh, good. Moving on, two major injuries, uh, in, I think, in the MLB world in the last week or so. First, I'll start with the one that happened first. Um, so the Rays, Travis, have a long history of starting pitchers, running into injuries. Uh, I, I'm starting to think that it's something tied to, you know—
1: they they're their their witchcraft or
0: they're they're raised the raise a pitching lab, right? They have yep. some sort of pitching lab where they get these guys to throw with, you know, more spin rate, uh, more break on every pitch, uh increase that velocity, everything you can imagine, just to optimize the uh the total package that these guys bring to the to the, to the mound. And uh they're I think I'm trying to think of where it started in my mind, but glass now was like this really big example to me. And then you had, um, Baz missed a lot of time and I feel like McClanahan needs to really, um, run while he can, but, um, I'm dragging this out too long. Travis, Jeffrey Springs uh, is going to need Tommy John surgery. He has been, uh, I don't know, arguably their best pitcher this year. I mean, he's definitely been really good, Um, And he's going to, unfortunately, miss the rest of the season and part of next year, uh, most likely. He was just uh, pitching amazing. He had uh, 24 strikeouts to four walks. Only one earned run allowed, which was on a solo homer. Um, Only four hits allowed in 16 innings. So he was just pitching um, the best ball of his career. In typical race fashion, they just slowly tweaked him into just being incredibly incredibly effective he had a he had a 0.56 era um which you know it just he ever since he joined the Rays his era went down and down and down year after year um making him better and better so
1: wonder why I wonder why that is you know
0: I don't know what the Rays are doing over there Travis (laughs) but it obviously works with the results but it seems like you know maybe they've had bad luck but it, it always ends up um hurting some of these pitchers but any other thoughts on that
1: yeah i again um i don't want to say you know we don't want to
0: we don't want to give accusations yeah
1: we don't want to tell a guy like mcclanahan you better you better run now because you know you're a stud and if if the rays kind of keep up this trend of getting their starting pitchers on the il then uh bad news for mcclanahan but yeah i mean springs having one hell of a start uh 16 innings like you said only four hits uh, 24 strikeouts. He's he's having a, a basically a 13.5 Ks per nine, and then the FIP being a 1.89. So not only is the ERA good, the FIP's very good. Uh, he, he was off to a great start. I mean, I think he was up there for being a top five American League pitcher so far to start the year off, and uh, was probably looking at some St- Cy Young votes, especially the, ways, the way the Rays are trending right now. You know, he has an opportunity to be a very good pitcher on a very good team. But it's unfortunate uh it's 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 one of those you know head scratchers why does this have to happen what is he not doing I know as a fan you're probably thinking like what is he doing is he not going out there and stretching with you know uh full focus is he kind of just going into the start not really prepared but you know I'm pretty sure with the Rays they they got all their starters and everyone ready to play come game time it's just unfortunate it has to happen but uh yeah again another another great pitcher going on the I.L.
0: And another injury that happened in MLB, Travis. Um, this one hits us. Don't hit us. Uh, don't, don't say it. Yeah. Especially hard. Um, Logan O'Happy was, I'm not exactly sure what the race was looking like, but he had to be at least one of the American League Rookie of the Year favorites. Definitely. Uh, I think he had four home runs. Uh, he was like leading the Angels in RBIs at one point, uh, a couple series into the season. But, anyways, Logan O'Happy has a tear in his labrum and he will miss four to six months. Uh, if you count it out, Travis, it's like I'm not a doctor, right? But it, it shouldn't be impossible. He sh- I think there's a chance he could come back in October, if you know, if it was just our magical year. But if it is not our magical year, then I would just say, just don't even rush him and just take your time. He's a young guy. Make sure he heals fully. Uh, take the full time uh, that it takes. There's no reason to make him, you know, rush anything because. First of all, he was a big trade acquisition for us. He's a big part of our, you know, future. He already has shown what a great backstop he is. Um, he has a great arm, but the offense he's provided so far in this in this young season has been uh, really special. I think he's been a bright spot for every Angels fans. Uh, viewing experience because not a lot has gone amazingly for the Angels so far but he's been the biggest bright spot in my mind at least or at least the the most pleasant surprise so with that in mind it really stinks seeing him go down but I've heard different quotes about him being pretty optimistic even though you know when he did tear it on the field in Yankee Stadium he looked like he was in pain and really upset but I do think that he has a positive outlook at the current moment. And I think he's going to put in the work to uh, make his way back. I think that uh, he has a lot of support and and I'm I'm excited to see him get back in the field when when the time comes. But what was your reaction and what are you thinking?
1: It's unfortunate because he's I think our first catcher since possibly like Mike Napoli that has kind of been a homegrown uh, catcher Mm -hmm. that, you know, I know he was only in the minor league system for half a season and he tore it up in double A uh and then now he's in the big leagues this season but uh i think angel fans really embraced him as you know he was kind of our our first catcher in you know 10 10 years or so we we, we kind of angels really had a problem the last couple of seasons i would almost say the last decade of just getting catchers that had very good success or had won a championship with other teams and kind of putting him in into the slot and saying okay we expect the same side of production from you guys right now. It, it didn't happen, but uh, it's unfortunate. I think they said four to six months is what they're looking at. Uh, if, basically, if you start that May 1st, you're uh, four months away. You're looking at a, a September, uh, you know, call up. You're looking at a September rehab uh, start and and possibly even coming back, you know, a couple weeks left in September, possibly in October. If they are in the chase, then I, I'm sure that they would want him behind the backstop. but. Uh, right now it, it will be uh, it, it really be looking like it's going to be a, a Matt Thice, Max Stassi, and Chad Wallach uh, three-man kind of rotation show for the starting catching, which I really don't have a problem with. I mean, I, I know once Stassi gets back, we can expect great defense uh, with Wallach so far. He's shown to have good power and also have good defense behind the plate as well. Um, and then, of course, the last... Game or so, Matt Thais's bat has really picked up, so it's going to really just take a lot of uh, a, a lot of good a lot of good reps from these three catchers to uh, to really pick up the slack. Because I mean, Logan O'Hoppy from the first 16 games, Alex, he was easily hands down our starting catcher going into every series, going into every game. It just felt like he's going to get he's going to get the the catching opportunity. Uh, five out of the seven days during the week, he he's going to go out there and be our starting catcher. And we saw him in the success that, you know, Shohei Otani were having together, uh, which is really cool to see the young guy and Shohei clicking, uh, be, kept being battery mates. But uh, it's unfortunate, but I, I'm sure that they, uh, the reason why they have so much depth, depth this year is for reasons like this, they have guys to really turn on. They don't have, uh, you know, they don't have to look at a, a double A player to come in and, and make a huge leap into the major league level and, and help contribute this team so i'm optimistic i think they can get get something at least done here
0: and moving on travis um logan ohapi was traded uh for the angels for brandon marsh and that kind of transition bring that up that yeah. transitions us into the next topic travis i have a little game for us to play nice the game is going to be it's going to go like this I'm going to name three players who are having good starts to the season. All I think in my mind are kind of similar. Uh, I'll just tell you this. They're all left-handed outfielders. Uh, You're going to tell me if you would start, bench, or cut between these three guys. Okay? So the three names I'm going to throw at you are, of course, I already mentioned Brandon Marsh. The next name I'm going to mention is going to be Jared Kelnick. And the last name I'm going to mention is James Outman. So... Um, while you you know and 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 folks at home i am doing this at Travis blind he he wanted to be thrown into the ringer so i let him i'm i'm just dropping this on him on the spot um and then just for the fans at home that might not know james outman has been playing outfield for the dodgers this season it's his first full big league season he played only four games last year looking at his 2023 numbers thus far a 3.11 average 400 on base, 703 slugging, truly just a bright spot of the Dodgers batting order. A lot of timely home runs, seven homers so far, Uh, two stolen bases, has some speed component to his game, has a little bit of defensive component to his game, Uh, but he's really showing like... I mean, over a 300 average, 400 on base, 700 slugging. Obviously, it's not going to maintain, but showing he can hit in, in in all ways really. And looking over at Kelnick Travis, um, it's not his first big league season, but he has mightily struggled every single time he's gotten called up, having OPS plus WRC plus numbers well below 100. This year so far, 319 average, 377 on base, 667 slugging, um, that's six home runs, three steals, playing actually uh, above average defense in outfield. So uh, he's another candidate for, you know, one of these really uh, breakout candidates. And then Brandon Marsh, for the Phillies has I think I'm not sure if he still is leading but at one point he was leading MLB in OPS he's batting 364 455 on base 758 slugging over a 200 WRC plus um and then he has a stolen base component to his game but only stolen once so far. He plays great center field defense. We've seen that firsthand as Angel fans, and he has four home runs. So, Travis, those are three young guys, all very similar in my mind, but I need you to tell me who you would start, who you'd bench, and who you'd cut, and you can elaborate.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'll I'll give you my my three names and where I'm going to have them be, and then I'll basically explain. So I will be starting James Outman. I will be benching Brandon Marsh, and I'll be cutting uh, Jared Kelnick. So basically my thought process in that is, you know, even looking at James Altman uh, has on baseball reference has the best war out of all three. Um, He has the most home runs out of all three. Uh, He's basically been, he's never gone through a slump in his major league career so far. I mean, right now you look at 2023, a 1.103 OPS in his career. He's got a 1.150 OPS. So he was crushing the ball last year as well. Even though he played only four games last year, he was crushing it. He has so far, uh, he's never had an OPS season of below uh, a one, basically an 1100 uh, James Altman. So he is going to be number one. I just love again, why just how the Dodgers tend to just love to just strike gold on some of these prospect guys and they become absolute contributors from day one. But I, James I, Altman,
0: I did give him a shout out in our opening episode, rookie of the year, just do a little, that's right. That's right. A little you cheddar did. on that. That's you know? right. That's he, right. He, he
1: was sneaky. Brandon Marsh being number two. Uh, you know, Alex, I, I've just seen a different player since when he came over from the Angels. Uh, ever since he came over in the trade, uh, even August, September of last year, stance changed, approach changed, and he had himself a great playoff, October, October playoff. I mean, he—if he, it was the division series, if it was the championship series, even the World Series—he had big moments. I think he had a home run in the World Series off of uh, Lance McCullers. I'm I believe. I'd have to go back and check that. But uh, he's really kind of just changed as a major leaguer ever since coming over to Philly. And this season, it's it's showing it right then and there. I mean, the batting average is at a 364. At the on base, he's walking a lot. A 455. And the slugging percentage, I think it's the best out of all three and then the ops of course as well the best out of all three only four home runs so what i mean what you're seeing from brandon marsh this year is just a lot of gappers a lot of doubles and triples right now four triples on the year um i mean it's crazy that right now it's almost the end of uh end of april and we could be looking at a guy that has five plus doubles triples and home runs i mean we'd have to go back into the end of the stat book and see when has that ever happened to lead off a month but Yeah. I mean, he has been terrific. I, I basic reason I am, you know, I'm, I'm benching him and not starting him is because I think Outman just provides a little bit more value with just the The bat and the pop he's he's basically never had a slump whereas marsh i i think and i know the numbers will cool off this year i think he could be a guy that could finish like a 290 280 batting average maybe an ops in the 800s Uh, i can definitely see brandon marsh but I, i know we saw a season like this with like taylor ward last year where the ops numbers were terrific things of course do cool off as the season progresses we'll see what happens with brandon marsh but he's gonna be my bench guy and then Jared Kelnick, you know, even though he's had himself a crazy good start, um, I'm not 100% sold on him yet. I know he's had the power his whole entire career so far. It's proving that way. Um, doesn't uh, w- doesn't really walk a whole bunch. I mean, seven walks in you know 77 plate appearances, whereas the other guys are tending to get you know on base a lot better, but. I, I just don't think he's on the level of Altman and Marsh right now. And also what scares me is that I've seen the seasons of 2021 and 2022. They are horrendous. And now I see this season and now I think this is probably the outlier of his career. Will it maintain? Probably not. That's my main reasoning by choosing him to be on the uh, on on the cut list. So that's my three guys, Alex, I uh, I'm curious to see if you had uh, something similar.
0: Yeah, this is really tough, Travis. I made a question that I knew that I wasn't even that confident (laughs) about with my answer, which is why I knew I had to ask you and get your thoughts. But we do have a different ordering. Um, I'll go out and say this: I do like all three of these guys. They're just, I think, just to be able to do this in in a span of a few weeks and not really have a big dip. You know, they've been just good for like three, four straight weeks. When that when that happens, I think you can't really. It can't be a complete and total fluke, right? There's definitely – I think all three of these guys have taken a serious uh, step at the MLB level into a better hitters than they were uh, in, in, in prior prior situations. So that being said, I'll go ahead and give my my order. I'm actually going to go with Outman starting. I'm going to bench Jared Kelnick, oh, wow. and I'm going to cut Brandon Marsh. Um, And you know, Travis, that Marsh is my favorite guy on this mm-hmm. list marsh is i mean i have his jersey in my closet right now so (laughs) that should say something but just in my in my my, i'm trying to be as unbiased as possible um I'll, i'll make my reasoning for why i think marsh is the guy i would have to cut there's a couple interesting things i wouldn't call them concerns but just red flags that will i think make him trend uh, to regress quicker than the others. His batting average on balls in play is currently at f- at 500. So that is simply unsustainably high. Um, I think even like the best hitters over a full season, their batting average on balls in play is going to be like around the mid, like 300s. So um, he's simply getting a lot of batted ball luck. His balls in play are resulting in hits at too high of a rate. Um, pretty soon, they're going to start dropping where where the guy is going to be able to make the play. Um, one thing I do like about Marsh is the uh, walk percentage is much higher than any season he had with the Angels, whether it be in 2021 or last season where he split time between the two teams. But he's up at a 14% uh, percent walk rate, which is awesome. Um, I'm not sure he'll be able to stay in that number because that's a really high number. But uh, it's a great sign nonetheless. Another concern, I guess, with, with Marsh uh, projecting going forward, he does put the ball on the ground more than the other three. It's not a huge gap between the three because they all do have a bit of ground ball tendency uh, sometimes. But Marsh, almost 50% of the time he hits the ball, it's on the ground. Um, and with his combo of speed, that could lead to, you know, as, as a lefty as well, you know, you might beat the beat the shift sometimes where, where the guy would have got you out last year. Maybe you're, you're poking it through this year, probably beating out some grounders up the middle maybe. Uh, so I think that there's lots to like about his kind of speed and ground ball play. But in terms of really maximizing the slugging that he's shown off so far this season, I really see that taking a dip with the amount of ground balls he hits, um, a pretty low fly ball percentage as well. Um, does pull the ball a good amount but looking at Kelnick now who's my my bench guy uh, he so far. Uh, has proven a bit less lucky by batting average on balls in play. His BABIP is 364, which is still kind of high, but definitely much more sustainable in my opinion. He does not walk as much as Marsh, I agree, and that's a good point by you. I do think that Kelnick would benefit from walking a bit more, but he still has at a 9% walk rate, which is definitely above average, um, but it's not as good as the other two so far. But um, I think the, the quality of contact from Kelnick um, it might be the best of the three on Statcast, cast. He has a really high, um, expected Woba, expected batting average, a hard hit rate. Um, you know, his exit velocity numbers are the best of the three. Um, and he also has a pretty solid defense, even though he is the slowest of the three Martian outman being both like 90 percentile speed guys. Um, but yeah, I think that if I had to kind of point to these guys and say like, you know, each one has an argument and what's their flaw, um, I'm not I think Kelnick is the one that's harder than harder to nail down for me. He does strike out and walk um at probably worse ratios than than uh than the others, but I think it's mostly just because he uh I mean, just looking at the numbers on Statcast, his whiff percent is better than the others. So um I think that what Kelnick brings to the table that the others don't um, is a bit more ball in the air and a bit more pulled ball which i think that is gonna uh, tend better actually if i look at balls um opposite field Kelnick has the least of the three and that's something i do like for a breakout candidate if they're pulling hard hit balls more i think it's gonna uh, lead to uh, better results going forwards Uh, and then outman travis the last guy here he's got i'm starting overall i think that he is legit obviously uh, over a over a 1.1 OPS is not gonna maintain but there's lots of like um, he does strike out all three guys actually kind of strike out quite a bit which is probably just true of youngsters you know that might get better as they get more and more reps at the big league level but I think amongst the three um I'm not really concerned about Outman's uh strikeout issues like long term I do think that there's enough uh a quality contact, but he does swing and miss a lot. So um, he's doing a good job of not chasing stuff, but he might have some swing and miss problems. So that's almost kind of reminds me of like a Gallo Muncy type where if it's in the zone, you can get beat sometimes, but you're at least you're spitting on the bad stuff. And I think that's a really important trait to have. So I like a lot of what Altman brings to the table. Um, he also has a really good uh, out above average, good arm strength, sprint speed. So he's kind of a five tool guy if he can keep the contact decent. So Um, That was a a long ramble, Travis, but I just think that um, all three of these guys are having really special starts to the year and they all deserve kind of their own little uh, breakdown, their own little kind of preamble. Mm -hmm. So um, any other thoughts on those guys? I mean, I I think it'll be fun to track these guys and uh, see how they continue to progress. There's other guys who are like them that can maybe join this kind of conversation um, in the coming weeks and coming months. But right now, those three guys, they felt so similar to me. Like they all are these lefty outfielders who are young. They just feel very toolsy. Um, They all kind of have like this kind of like raw uh, athleticism where I feel like they could all just kind of, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say crumble and be kind of morbid about them, but it feels like they all could just kind of like have a big strikeout streak and like just yeah. kind of crash and burn almost. And then they also all could just be an all-star this year. I, I, I could see them going, all three of those guys can go either way.
1: Yeah, no, we've seen, uh, we've seen Kelnick and Marsh like at their lows. We have not, uh, there, there have been times where there have been months where these guys are only, the only thing they're doing is striking out, where James Altman, of course, we have not seen that yet. It probably will happen in his future. You can't be this hot for an entire season, or can you? Uh, I don't know, we'll but find uh, out. it will find out. But again, I, I, I definitely can see that as well. Kelnick and Marsh it, it, it definitely. I, I've, I did not predict this to be, uh, th- for these numbers to be happening right now. Uh, you know, come April twenty fourth, it, it's, it's out of nowhere, totally out of left field. So, uh, great starts by all three of these young lefties.
0: Yeah. And, and, uh, we'll keep it rolling, Travis. Um, we'll check back on these guys in the coming weeks, but I expect them all to maintain at least a, a, a well above average level of production. I think their hitting has been too good to be a fluke. I'll just put it that way yep. and leave it at that. Um, next topic we can touch on here, Travis, the MLB released a pitcher's power ranking. Um, and I'd like to just talk about it really briefly. Um, Looking at the names they have here in their top 10, I don't have that much problem with any of them. I guess my biggest thing is there's probably just some guys who I would prefer. I think they just kind of rode the hot hands or the guys who have a, you know, a good ERA through like four or five starts. When in reality, I might favor some guys who have more I guess underlying metrics that I'd prefer but uh'll I'll, I'll skip the preamble and just list off the 10 names and then you can you can you and I can discuss like what we agree with what we disagree with and maybe we'll have some debates ourselves but their ranking and this is as of 421 so this is about three days ago
1: about on Friday uh, yeah
0: their ranking was as such number one Garrett Cole of the Yankees number two. Shohei Otani of the Angels. Number three, Luis Castillo of the Mariners. Number four, Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays. Number five, Pablo Lopez of the Twins. Number six, Jacob DeGrom of the Texas Rangers. Number seven, Dylan Cease of the White Sox. Eight, Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves. Number nine, Julio Urias of the dodgers and 10 sunny gray of the twins travis um one thing we can shout out right off the bat spencer strider just lost a perfect game bid in the seventh inning to a matt olsen i think it was an error i'm not sure if it was a hit but it was hit right to him and it hit his glove. so yeah air
1: and then gene segura broke up broke up the uh no the, hitter yeah
0: um so i mean he's obviously pitching great but uh missing out on 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 legendary greatness right there, unfortunately. But Charles, anyone on this list particularly stand out to you as someone who shouldn't be there or something you disagree with? What what's the what's the first thing you notice, I guess?
1: Yeah, I um looking at the bottom half, I haven't really done too much homework on a lot of these guys. I mean, I know Spencer Strider and Cease are are great pitchers. DeGrom, it it feels right that he's on this list, but also it feels kind of uh icky in that the health is always a big factor, even though he just made a start. I believe it was yesterday against Oakland and did, you know, fantastic. But uh, with with DeGrom, you just don't know if it if 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 it's going to be this start that he's only going to go three innings. And then we're looking at, you know, he's on the six week I.L. So it, it is always uh, something to keep in mind. But Jacob DeGrom at his best is, of course, a top ten pitcher. He's probably a top two or one pitcher if he's at his best. But uh, I think Urias uh, is one name that definitely uh, stands out. He, I believe. Uh, I think he was a victim of a very, very poor last start. I think he was against the Chicago Cubs. He gave up, I think it was like seven or eight runs to the mm. Chicago Cubs. And and that's not a it, Chicago Cubs have been a good team so far, but they're not a, a just a juggernaut offense. And, and he made them look like a juggernaut offense, but I guess really nothing to stand out right now uh, that I'm, I'm really concerned at, you know, looking even at some of the best pitchers in the game, Marcus Stroman's been off to a really good start. Uh, Bryce Elder of the Atlanta Braves has been off to a very good start. Uh, I know that you mentioned Graham Ashcraft; he's been off to a pretty good start as well. Uh, not a lot of strikeouts uh, in in what he's providing, so maybe that's why they don't want him on this power rankings. But um, yeah, I mean, right now, Alex, I mean, I would say the top. You, you can say whatever order, but that, I mean, the top two are Garrett Cole, Shohei Otani, right now. I mean, I would, I we would, we could have a good argument. I, I, I like Shohei Otani. Uh, for what he provides in in those five starts that he has pitched and it's it's been unbelievable every single time Garrett Cole as well having a very good start to this campaign Uh, these two guys it's going to be fun if these guys are really neck and neck towards August September for that Cy Young because uh, we have not uh, we have not seen you know these two compete at that level you know ever And, and those are proving to be the two best starting pitchers so far the last couple seasons. But uh, any thoughts, I guess, on this top 10 for yours.
0: Yeah. So looking at it from my perspective, I do think Otani should be number one. Obviously I'm a bit biased, yep. Travis, as an Angels fan, but I still think that looking, I mean, first of all, we've seen him. Uh, we've watched all his starts. We saw one of his starts in person, the ability to get uh, swings and misses on his sweeper, Is just a ludicrous. It's just such a good pitch. I think it had the best run value of any pitch in baseball so far. You mix that in with the fastball that he can dial up to triple digits if he needs to. It's just kind of a get out of jail free card in my mind. Like he doesn't always go to it when he really needs it, but like it's almost like a bailout card. Like, oh, two outs, two strikes, men on second and first. Um, and this guy's not gonna be able to handle this 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 cheddar so he just throws it high in the zone and, and gets a swing and a miss. puts it right, right down the middle and guys will swing and miss and, yeah. and it's just it's just too it's just too uh too much of a mix-up because the sweeper is so such a deadly weapon that the fastball is a great uh that's a great alternate option there. And then obviously he just gets Even more nasty with uh, the depth of his repertoire because you go to the splitter, you go to the harder slider that he has, he has a cutter as well, even a two-seam sinker he's already thrown this season, so... Uh, his his ability to mix things up, I think, is probably the best in baseball right now. I feel like it might have been Darvish a couple years back, where he just had like this unlimited repertoire. But Otani has really combined the gas with the nasty stuff with the mix up of options. So I think he's really kind of hitting another level as a pitcher at the moment. He is kind of benefiting right now from the fact that he's allowed no home runs, and that obviously is going to change. Every pitcher is going to give home runs. It's kind of um, you just run into some guys who. Piece up a fly ball and it just goes just a little bit farther than than you than you hoped. But neither has Cole or Castillo. So the top three guys in their list have all not allowed home runs. So all those guys are going to regress in that way. Um, but looking at ERA, looking at even FIP, expected FIP, looking at most of the numbers, Otani and Cole are really neck and neck. They feel like honestly almost the same guy. I've always said Travis that like Otani. His pitcher comp is Garrett Cole. I think he the repertoire is not similar, but like the the what you can expect is kind of similar the mm-hmm. high strikeout, high walk rate. So far, Otani is doing a better job of striking out guys than Cole, also walking a lot more guys, which is hurting Otani's FIP right now. I think he will turn that around. Um, the control is something that's kind of been up and down for him throughout his career as a pitcher in the MLB level, but when it comes down to it, he has never failed to kind of get the job done. So. Uh, ever since his you know first MVP season. So I expect the, the control to find itself at least being able to locate in the strike zone. The stuff is so nasty, it'll get swings and misses anyways. Looking at other names, I wish they kind of included but might not have. Um, Kevin Gosman, I know he had one bad start, but he just the other day had a really great start. I think it was like 11 strikeouts, but his ERA is in a great spot. His FIP's in a pretty good spot. Um, his strikeout numbers are, are really good. Yeah. Um, Looking at other guys who are really high on like the Fangas World Leaderboard, Zach Wheeler's up here. The ERA is not good, but the FIP is really great because he is doing a great job of striking out guys. The walks might be a little higher than uh, some of the other elite arms, but some guys, Travis, they just run into some bad luck with guys hitting the ball where the defense ain't early on, and some of these stats can kind of tell you if your guy's been unlucky or lucky. I think Gosman's been unlucky, uh, Wheeler a little bit too. Um, but looking at other names like Strider, someone who uh, we both agree totally deserves to be on this list, um, Luis Castillo, 100% deserves, deserves to be on this list. Um, Luis Castillo actually leads MLB in, sorry, leads MLB pitchers in Bangrafts WAR. Um, a lot to like with what he brings to the table, and yeah, I think that like they kind of covered the bases here with like most of the ERA leaders, um, and then some of the other guys who just have to be mentioned um like DeGrom is not even that high of an ERA at the moment. He's at 3.04, but we all know, I mean, he's striking out 14 and a half guys per 9. Like he's striking yeah. out guys at a crazy rate, limiting walks too. Um if he just kind of stays healthy, we know what he's going to be. He's yeah. going to be a Cy Young contender um without a question of a doubt. So uh yeah, I think that there's a lot of guys that are kind of fun conversation pieces here. Um, but it will take more time for us to really figure out um, who's going to be at the top of this list at the end of the season. One unfortunate thing, Travis, is I always feel like there's a guy on the Rays who is probably not going to get like top three consideration for a list like this just because they lack the innings pitched. Maybe they get pulled early in the game, something like that. But uh, Drew, Drew Rasmussen is at a 2.01 ERA. He's the kind of guy who I might see on a list like this later in the season. He's got a really good strikeout uh, number, uh, strikeout-to-walk ratio. Um, The FIP is pretty good, too. Uh, Zach Gallon, Travis, another guy who I'm surprised is not on here. A 2.59 ERA is not amazing, but the FIP is even better. The expected ERA is even better. Strikes out a ton, walks a few. I can almost promise you this, Travis. Zach Gallon will be on this list at some point in this future of this season. He deserves to be here somewhere. So um, lots of guys that are, are, um, I guess, worth watching, keeping an eye on for me, this is more fun than those hitter power rankings that they kept doing last year. We we would cover them (laughs) last year. It just felt so subjective, like, oh, wait, are we talking about like power hitting, just hitting in general? Do we care about Luisa Rice versus Pete Alonso? It's like apples and oranges almost. Pitching, starting pitching is very uh, straightforward in my mind. You have one job, don't let the guy's score runs on you. And, you know, it's fun to kind of talk about who's going to do the best at that this year. But I like Otani a lot. Also... Um, I think Cole, Castillo, DeGrom, they all will give each other runs for their money. So I'm excited to kind of keep track of that. But any closing thoughts on this?
1: Nothing else. Uh, next week, I know we'll cover kind of our month one power rankings, our all April team. We'll dive into that as we do every the the, the end of every other month. But uh, yeah, it's 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 fun to kind of get back into things. And now you start seeing teams, uh, those those cakewalks we were talking about in the first couple of weeks, uh, you know. Now, now the, the the slate's bigger. The, the the volume of games is bigger. Now we can see uh, really who is is uh, a, a strong and talented team so far throughout the season. But yeah, good stuff. Good episode. I, I, I'm, I'm liking where this thing's headed.
0: Yeah, yeah. Shorter one this week, folks. Um, but still, I think a lot to cover next week once April's nice and wrapped up is kind of um this is like almost like the calm before the storm i think once we're one month then we kind of start to see the shape of what the season might start to look like we can talk about who's kind of the best at every position um just even more fun debates and conversations on deck travis but uh that does it that does it for us this week um if you made it this far listeners we appreciate you so much and we'll talk to you guys next week
1: presented by tool tools podcast <laughs>